Post Malone story. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Axe and Iron podcast. I am Chris Cash from Mount Philip Works, joined by my co-host, Roy, the psychopath Scott. Today we have a very, very special guest with us today. It is David Delagardell from Cedar Lore Forge. Stop what you are doing. Go to Instagram right now. Go to Cedar Lore on Instagram, David Delagardell. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it. No, absolutely, man. We're honored. We've been wanting to have you on for a very, very long time. Yeah. For those of you that aren't familiar with David's work, it is extraordinary. Everything from his artwork to his knives to anything he makes and the the designs he the, he implements. What would you call that uh, style that you do? Oh, gosh. I, I don't even know. You know, so I uh, I plagiarized a word off of professor tolkien called uh okay. he often used called mythopoetic and so mythopoetic. i just plagiarize plagiarized that word and call my work mythopoetic style so <laughs> okay so i know a little bit about you and a little bit because we have some mutual friends in the in the business so to speak um yeah i know a little bit about how you got started but go ahead and give us you can go back as far as you want or you can start from wherever just let yesterday. us yesterday yeah, how this evolved, how you started, how it, how you started being inspired to create the stuff you do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, I would say, yeah, I, for for myself personally, I I grew up, I was blessed to grow up in a really awesome, positive, creative family uh, filled with artists and and craftsmen type. And uh, gosh, when I was about six, maybe seven years old, I met my now one of my best friends, lifelong friend, Andy Davis, who I'm sure um, a lot of your listeners might be familiar with. If they're not familiar with who Andy is, they probably at least know the company that he and our good mutual friend, Nathan Brandt started Coal Ironworks. Yep. So that's where I'm at right now. So I'm hanging out at Coal Ironworks. Uh, and uh, so Andy and I met and uh, we shared uh, a love and a brotherhood surrounding Legos and uh, pissing off our sisters and playing pranks on them and okay. blowing blowing shit up in our you know parents' backyard. I'm, and, I'm liking I'm liking where this is yes, going. Yes, <laughs> I think that, that literally, you know, a- Andy to this day, even now, he's the most like stoic guy ever. He's yeah. one of those guys who you just like ter- you can't use words like that. Chris doesn't understand. You gotta. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no. He, I've actually he, sat around the fire with Andy at Sofa before. He's a very oh he yeah. is a very stoic guy. Yes. He really is. He's, he, and he, he doesn't even realize it about himself. Yes. I, mean, I think he's finally he's he's probably now at the point in his life where he now does acknowledge that he unintentionally terrifies people because he's got right. that blank face and mm. you know you have no idea what he's thinking or um but you know. When I was, I remember the first time I was hanging out with him, you know, he probably said five words and the first couple were like, Hey, do you want to go blow stuff up? Or do you want to, uh, <laughs> do you want to, I, I just literally, I, can I, I be your think, friend? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself like, Oh man, we're gonna have a long friendship and this is a really weird kid. He might kill me, but I love this guy. He had dug uh, a bunch of holes in his parents' backyard and, uh, like shoved two by fours into the ground and then uh-huh. put, put, put dirt on top of it. So every time this was like fresh off the heels of him watching, um, Oh shoot. What's that? Uh, Goonies? Saving Pri- <laughs> yeah. Well, saving private Ryan <laughs> with his dad. And so he was oh, like, okay. trying to think about, uh, how did the, how did the, uh, the movie makers make it look like gunshots were being fired behind the guys uh, as they're running? Mm, so yeah. You would, we would, you know, we would go running and it would look like, you know, somebody was shooting somebody right was in our firing. heels. <laughs> so where so was, was all our, this taking place? Where'd you guys grow up? Oh, so his parents, uh, even still to this day in, um, in Newcastle, Indiana have beautiful farm property. I mean, I think they've got like over a hundred acres. So it's basically like a private, you know, park for us yeah. to cause mischief on. So Chris is really bad with geography. In, uh, Newcastle is fairly close to Indianapolis and like in the vicinity of Indianapolis-ish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not too far. Yeah, about like 45 minutes uh, right. east. So, um, yeah, just so so Andy's parents had that that farmland and Andy and I, like every weekend pretty much, were hanging out. Our, our older sisters played like volleyball together or something. Okay. And, you know, it just gave us the excuse to hang out and blow shit up. And, yeah. and you know, and we both, I think I... I uh, got him into the love of Tolkien and, and Beowulf and King Arthur and stuff like that. And, you know, forced him to read the books. 
And that was like right before the movies and stuff came out. Yeah. So, you know, we had this very elitist mentality as these 12 year olds. Like, oh, you know, we, we're super nerds. Yeah. yeah. We learn more than these stupid movies, you know, while we're yeah. secretly, secretly enjoying the them. The books are so much better. Yeah. yeah exactly. You guys are missing out. <laughs> exactly. To a So, um, but, you know, with that came the inevitable, like, just our, our dads are so amazing. I think it all goes back to great parenting on the part part of our our moms but definitely our dads and that our dads put up with all of our chaos and lift, uh you know risking life and limb and um when we started expressing an interest in blacksmithing and bladesmithing uh we started you know doing research online what is and, that uh, noise <laughs> it's a good it's a good ringtone um we uh our our, our gosh where was it well, like Quad State or SoFi, yeah. I think was one of the first events we went to, which, you know, and I, have, I've probably met you there at, at Quad State, Chris, right? No, I'm usually there. I'm like okay. one of the tool guys is there from like Wednesday to Thursday and then I cut out on Friday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody else comes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I try to get all the early deals on tools and stuff. But no, I I, I, we actually haven't met in person. Our paths okay. have been like weirdly just missed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's so hard to remember, like, especially if you've been a blade and, you know, oh, yeah. you know that person or they look familiar just from, right. from Instagram. Um, so yeah, anyway, our dads, so, you know, are, just like, consider really, yourself lucky, David. Like usually, usually at Quad State, there's enough whiskey going around to where everybody is <laughs> a friend and, you know, yeah. nobody really yeah. cares. Everyone gets real friendly toward the, toward the, yeah, year. yeah. So Man, I just I had an amazing uh, childhood and, and friendship with Andy and, you know, his family and my family were just like, you know, really intertwined and so close and supportive of each other. And um, our dads just realized, hey, these kids are either going to kill themselves or we're going to take them to these, you know, events with old geezers at. And, you know, because mm-hmm. at, at the time, you know, there wasn't a ton of young guys like us right. you know, really in the craft. I mean, at least in my area, there, there was sure as hell no bladesmiths. It was just right. you know, maybe a handful of old dudes who used to be like farriers or farmers who had, you know, shit in their barn who wanted to come and pawn it off. But, um, yeah, I mean, so that was like early, early two thousands. And I feel like around that time was when kind of this like renaissance of bladesmithing happened online, whether it was like Don Fogg's bladesmithing forum. Um, you know, I don't even think like people are using Facebook blade forums. Point. Yeah. yeah. yeah stuff like Bushcraft that. USA. Yeah, and so maybe like, <laughs> I, I, I'm never on there, so I, I don't have anything to say. You're not missing. But, you're not missing anything. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I, bladesmithing forum was was definitely where where we cut our teeth on because I mean I think Don, yeah Don Fogg I don't think I know Don Fogg started that website and Don's just a legend. I mean, have you either of you guys met Don? No, never heard I'm, of him. I'm actually unfamiliar. Yeah. Okay, just it's a shame. Yeah, I, I don't blame anybody for not knowing him uh, because he he's just one of those well i mean he i think he's been retired for the past you know five or 15 probably years um, okay hasn't really been making a lot of blades and has had some health concerns um mm. but uh he was one of those guys who was you know super um deep in the abs you know a really integral right. part of the abs but um but also was kind of those one of those wacky guys who's like yeah i just don't want to do buoys i want to like push the boundaries and do some weird like goblin themed knives and you know crazy ass you know no just, kidding. Just weird I'm, shit i'm kind of picking okay. up on the influence by scrolling through your instagram yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm, yeah, I'm sensing so, like orcs and druids and uh yeah, go. goblins <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm not trying so, to be a dick here like you no know, hey i i i'm just looking at all your funky swords I, I'm I fully own my my weird vibe. Yeah, it's, like, totally, and, uh, it's the best, man. You you got it nailed down. We actually talk about it in the shop. How there's nobody uh, other than Don, I guess, is the, the way you're describing. But I'm unfamiliar with him, and I'm, I'm sure, sure a lot of people are. But you have nailed that style. I mean, <laughs> you have got it down. Everything you make from your axes to your knives to your drawings, everything is Appreciate really killer. It. So what what age were you when you when you did the bladesmith forums and you started learning about Don and his style of work. Yeah. I think like literally the first time Andy and I, the the, the first time we attempted to make a quote forge was when we were probably like 13. It was just literally like a, a a dirt hole. That's another great story of us almost killing ourselves. We just literally, you know, dug a a hole in the backyard 
yeah. you know, uh, try to do it at an, at an angle behind the silo where Andy's mom wouldn't wouldn't catch us and, and yell at us. And um, most kids are smoking just, cigarettes behind the silo. Yeah, yeah, you guys are like, trying to. I mean, oh, we them. did. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we had our antique, antique, uh, tobacco oh, okay. pipes. So we, got we, we got up to other mischief, but, um, but no, we, we literally just dug a hole, stole a bag of charcoal briquettes from his dad, which, you know, of course, isn't going to get hot enough, but we didn't care. We tried. Yeah. And of course mm-hmm. we were like, Oh, what do we do for a bellows? Ah, I could steal your sister's hairdryer. Now fuck that. Let's, let's just get a pipe and blow into it. And of course <laughs> we grab, of course we grab a, uh, a, uh, a galvanized steel pipe. Oh, not realizing awesome. it's galvanized. That's the yeah, so we're yeah. you know we're we're heating up these zinc fumes, which yep. should have totally killed us. Killed and then you, you know, yep. one breath in, and we're breathing in like 900 oh, degree God. air or something. So, yeah. you know, if uh, if there's a spiritual realm and angels exist, they're pissed off at us and uh, <laughs> we, we saved our lives many a time. Um, <laughs> so that was I don't know if that, that that's a roundabout way to answer your question. It was like yeah. 13, 14. We were doing that, and finally our dad's like, "Okay, cut the shit. Let's actually go to an event." So yeah, 14, yeah. Mm-hmm. 15 was when we started going to, um, well, there's one event in Troy. It, no. Yeah. Troy, oh, Ohio. is in Troy. Okay. Tr- Sofa's in Troy. Yeah. Um, then yeah, that would have been the first big one we went to okay. probably in like 2001 or 2002, something like that. Okay. And, and so, and then, yeah, we just took off like a rocket from there. We like, <laughs> we took over one of Andy's dad's barns. We started in the corner and then slowly we just took it over like an infection, like, yeah. a, like a virus and he just gave up was like i just take it over it's it's yours and so and we were super appreciative uh for him doing that and being so kind because um you know now, we is never that were, where your first shop was born in that yeah bar? and so if you if uh, so people who've been following me for a while might be familiar yeah. andy and i we uh and we never intended it to be a business so we gave yeah. it a, a stupid shitty name we called it the mad dwarf workshop the mad dwarf oh my workshop. god yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that. Shocker of a name. Yeah, you're great. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Well, you had this amazing, what I remember of it, did yeah. you have a, a mural on the wall or a drawing oh, that you did or something? Nerd yes. alert. Nerd oh, alert. Yeah, yeah. Come it on. Was, it was so cool. It was just a bunch of like uh, uh, MDF, you know, uh, plywood boards. Because yeah. Andy's mm-hmm. dad, he, he still to this day uh, runs a really successful high-end cabinetry uh, shop in Spiceland, Indiana. And so, you know, we got all the free you know off crappy scrap yeah, yeah. so yeah. We, we put all that up and i just got a um can of black spray paint and did like you know weird ass dwarven art whatever shit yeah and it looked cool you know and it, and it looked cool for for you know yeah no it looks really and, cool yeah um you know little did people know you'd walk in there and smell like you know piss and you know some dead <laughs> animal rotting in the, yeah, yeah. In the wall <laughs> you yeah. know and like dungeons so, and dragons games set out on the freaking yeah. you know little stump i'll be honest there. we i I tried playing D and D once. I hated it as a kid. I just couldn't yeah. get into that shit. Like, what? I mean, I, I obviously I made we we made money off our friends who were into that. But yeah, yeah, Andy, Andy and I and, we and continue to still do that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we but in, we had a season of you know being addicted to like Skyrim and video games. Yeah. But we were, I think, early on again just praising our dads. Our dads were like, "Look, you guys can sit on your asses and play that game, or you can go make some real blades." And we're right. like, you know what? Yeah, let's go do that. So um, was there ever like a LARPer phase where you're just like going around with like, you know, wooden swords no. and fake shields and stuff? Honestly, yeah, it's funny. A lot of people assume that we would have been in that crowd. I think you would have caught either of us dead before you'd have seen <laughs> either of us in any kind of good, costume. Good answer. Yeah. So, Dave, so yeah. did you go to did you go to art school at all? So I was going to. Uh, okay. So fast forwarding, yeah. By the time Andy and I um, were in our freshman year. Of, of college Andy's like a year or so younger than me um, how, old, so how I, old are you I'm, I'm i'm having a hard time like uh putting this timeline together because yeah, you I've look like a those... you're a handsome young looking man but, <laughs> but you're saying some things places. that are kind of dating you so how old are you, you look at yeah. like your late 30s maybe early 40s uh, oh really oh see i'll take that as compliment i'm 32 so okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah See, some people I've I've had buddies who are like, wait, you're not 18, you know. Other people think I'm older. Holy so. shit! Yeah, I'm just I've got that immortal face, I guess. You there know? you go, the um, immortal face. Yeah. So, 32. <laughs> you're so blessed, it, young man. You're blessed. Yeah. You know, thanks. Um, it does feel like forever ago though, but yeah, we found ourselves at Ball State University, and uh, it's a great school in here in Muncie, Indiana. Well, I say uh-huh. here. I'm in Anderson right now, where uh, Cole Ironworks is. Okay. And um, yeah. So I was intending on on doing like the you know generic metal jewelry art program right. at ball state they got a decent program and 
good people, but I was just kind of doing it because I didn't know what else to do really. Yeah. But, but, you know, meanwhile, our business is taking off, which we were never even intending it for it to be a business. It just was, we were getting commissions, trying to sell two ships at the t- same time, which is, you're talking about the dwarven. Yeah. Mad dwarf yeah. workshop. Yeah. Mad dwarf yeah, workshop. Yeah. Which I should give preface. So, so mad stood for Mason, Andy, David, our, our buddy oh, Mason okay. was, uh, a great, great guy, kind of a dick at the same time. I have no idea yeah. where, where, where the hell he is in the world right now. Mason, okay. I love you. Um, he's long gone. <laughs> he's not what listening. You, what were you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> what were you guys making in that shop to generate income? We just like, again, we were drawing so much in- inspiration from guys like Don Fogg. Huge shout out to other guys like, like Jake Pounding. If you guys are familiar with Jake's work, so Jake, no. it, it, it bums me out. Jake, I think, kind of stopped doing the craft a few years ago, but. Okay. Um, I mean, he's, he was a big, uh, he, he became a friend, you know, from afar, he's in Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then I got to go to some events with him and, and do some, uh, conferences and, and live speaking. And so Jake Pounding was a big influence at that time. Um, I mean, guys who became buddies, buddies like, uh, like, well, buddy who's younger than me, my friend, Luke Shearer, um, Ooh. Alan Longmire's, uh, he's not a full-time bladesmith, tons of guys I could rattle off their names, but a lot of, so them you, were making, the you were making, you were making blades pretty much there uh, yeah sorry to answer your question yeah no we, we had a, pati- a particular <laughs> interest really good at that, that yeah, uh, i was just curious if yeah, you guys yeah, were yeah. making hammers i know yeah, i just wanted time... to give credit to the dudes who, who inspired me yeah because there's, yeah. there's so many at yeah. the time that bum Absolutely. me out that they're not doing like these these are guys who now they don't have instagram pages they don't have a uh, jake does i would i would definitely uh encourage people to go go search jake pounding's work on instagram um, he does really, he's, he, he comes from a very illustrative art background. Like I do. I think that's why him and I connected. Um, and so, and Andy and I, we just growing up on Tolkien, Lewis Beowulf. We just wanted to do like ancient gnarly type of art. Andy okay. as a, as an aesthetic, you know, actually what's funny is I've got a bucket sitting right next to me of old blades that Andy made. So he was kind of like the more tactical. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if you can see this, just oh, like yeah. weird, weird ass, like just really angular extreme shapes. It looks like a tactical dwarf kookery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. So that was more Andy's Andy's uh, mo. But um, so yeah, we were we were in, uh, freshmen in college, kind of doing our business on the side, stupidly taking commissions, even though we had no damn time. Mm-hmm. And um, in in winter of 2009, at 1 a.m. one night, I got an email that I thought was a joke. Um, was convinced it was because it, it you know the the label said Marvel studios and like, what the Ooh, fuck? here we go. This is some, some uh, yeah. buddy playing a prank on me. And then I, I realized it wasn't, it was the, the props master who was, who had just finished work on the first Iron Man movie. And they were, you know, starting production on the first Thor movie. Right. Um, and so they, they hired us to make, uh, Idris Elba, the actor Idris Elba's, uh, sword, uh, yeah. for his what? character Heimdall. So we made, uh, Heimdall, the gatekeeper sword for, for just the first Thor movie. Right. They did a, they did a really good updated updated version for uh, Thor: The Dark World and then Ragnarok. Um, so they yeah and and it was funny at the time. It's weird how like Hollywood anybody who's you know worked on a movie that's based out of Hollywood knows how it goes. A lot of them. Chris is all Hollywood. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I see it all over his face. Oh yeah. Smugness. Yeah. Oh god. He's like, here we go again. Here we go. Yeah. Yep, I know all about them. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. All about these movie studio props. Yep. Uh, but I, you know, as kids, we had no idea. We were surprised by how they outsource work. You know, it's yeah. basically just like an office where they, you know, they've got some some craftsmen and artists in house. Yeah. They're they're main, they're outsourcing most of the work just to keep it efficient or to try to get good prices, honestly. Um, and what was funny is we could tell they were kind of. I mean, it was kind of them to go out of their way to offer this this job to two kids. I think it was yeah. partially. It was a mixture of kindness and them trying to get a cheap price. You know, they figured mm-hmm. out these these kids in so, Indiana. So, how did they get? How did they find your work or find really? you? Uh, yeah. Honestly, I I think no. I, I actually, if memory serves me correct, I know the guy said he found us on Flickr of all of all services. We so I was he, just, he just saw a picture of your work, probably, huh? I, I at the time I was. You know, because I, I was young and I yeah. I wanted to get our work out there. And, I you know, yeah. I, there was no technological barrier for me. I, I had no problem throwing up images and I knew how to use hashtags and stuff. And so mm-hmm. our images were, were like the top three rows on Google Images at the time. Yeah, no um, kidding. It, just because there weren't a, a lot of other bladesmiths, I, I think, hadn't really, even still to this day, a lot of bladesmiths aren't using social media as much as they should. Right, um, right. So 100%. We, 
we very easily got to the top and we're, we're grateful for that. And so that's how they found us. And, Dang. um, we're, yeah, it was, it was a really fun experience. I mean, you it was, you never know bit, who's watching. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but it was like dead of winter in 2009. That was like one of the worst, uh, most, you know, uh, snowy winters not- India yeah. has ever gotten. And, you know, we're working in this like rickety old shop and they're like, yeah, can you have these five hero swords done in like two weeks? And it's like, ah. so it was more like three or three and a half weeks they needed them by wow. but holy I mean, shit i i, I <laughs> and uh, and also in conjunction with shitty weather like 2009 yeah. 2008 the economy is not good yeah so if yes. anyone's throwing work at you're like we got to get the fucking we got to get this shit <laughs> yeah. done right fucking now like so yeah, you yeah. whatever you made, it takes you, you said you made five of them if remember yeah yeah so that is amazing here. yeah we did so we sent we only sent four if memory serves uh-huh. me to the set of the movie yeah and uh but we kept one for ourselves to keep right um and i so yeah i was andy and i were both freshmen when we got this email so wow. it, it was a fork on the road for me to choose and you know my my parents gave me their blessing they're like all right yeah, yeah you know what withdraw from your classes you might as well pursue this it, no it's, kidding it's what? legit so wow so i i withdrew from uh school and haven't gone back since and uh been doing it ever since so and it all and started it, with a thor sword yeah <laughs> yeah and andy 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 stuck through he went through the, the metal art program there I and mean, he basically yeah. freaking helped teach the classes i think his the awesome professor there saw mm-hmm. his he he's not only talented and skilled but he's a really good leader he's just you know that strong kind of stoic guy and um which is why he he was great at founding coal um so so he finished through and uh yeah we tried to do and we did you know mad work workshop for a few years he yeah. got married and we quickly quickly realized hey man we we both kind of have different goals and paths the irony was as soon as we ended that business if you can even call it that right uh, the, the better our friendship got and the more we collaborated uh, he, he was doing his own thing you know yeah we didn't yeah. have to have this weird we were we were just kids at the time we were still yep. figuring it out yeah um and so it was it was it was a really good experience to kind of because it it was weird mad dwarf kind of became this like monster entity that it almost felt like out of our control like, uh, like what have we created you know it, it was fun but also kind of weird at the same time um because that i mean that was back in the days when like you post one thing on facebook it just it goes like there was no mm-hmm. restriction yeah. you didn't have to like pay to to get exposure right right people were like so enthusiastic um but it, it was almost this like weird sense of pressure that neither of us wanted so it was this like let's slaughter the beast of this business in, yeah. in its guts. Let's uh, plant seeds for something new. And so you know, Andy went on and for a couple of years was teaching classes out of his own shop, and you know was doing blades of his style. Um, but then that had to I, be pretty intimidating though, right? Not to cut you off, but like no, you got yeah. the successful business, you got people, you got Marvel knocking at your door, you got other commissions on the books, and then yeah. your guys are saying yeah, we need to part ways. Like that had to be, I mean, a pretty, <laughs> sure. that's a pretty big decision. I mean, and I'm sure it was, um, I'm sure you guys were super nervous about going forward without each other. I mean, you guys have been, yeah. you know, partners forever. It was, but like I said, the irony was it actually helped us be better friends and we literally started working together more, <laughs> like literally yeah. more frequently in the yeah. week and more closely. Cause we, there was less of that, like, Ego it's crazy and, how that works, isn't it? It is. It is. It, yeah. It, I mean, so uh, now, Chris, right? You work with yeah. uh, with Matt and Ilya often, yes. right? Or you, yeah. yeah. So they, I mean, who are they? Um, who are they? Yeah. <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> Stupid. <much>. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, there's. I'm sure you guys know the both the blessings and the challenges of working with good friends. You know, it's like. Yep. Uh, but it grows you and it makes you a better person. It, it and, does. It does. And, uh, no, we've so far so good. We've been doing it uh, a little over a year now. So mm-hmm. everything's, everything's going good, but awesome. I, you know, what works about it is they're uninterested in what I'm doing and I'm uh, very uninterested in what they're doing. <laughs> so I think that's why it works so well. Yeah. So, you know, there's no conflicting interest because we don't give a shit about what the other person's doing. So exactly. It works out great. Um, that is cool. But no, yeah. we still we help each other out through the shop. But yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying about mm-hmm. you know working together seems like this great, fantastic thing, and then mm-hmm. until you have to work together, line, and then yeah. as it grows and gets bigger, you're like, holy crap, maybe this isn't the right move. But that's right. great that you guys made some moves to keep it going. So that mm-hmm. went on. So how long did Mad Door Forge ha- happen for? So we four, we like four years. 
something like that. Yeah, like four or five. We we formally kind of ended it uh, yeah. in 2012. Okay. Because um, yeah, Andy got married to his now yep. amazing wife um, uh, in like 2010 or something like that. Right. And um, and, and then yeah. you birthed Cedar Lore right after that. Not not really not right no? after. Um, okay. It was it was probably a couple years. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. So Andy stayed in the, we were both, you know, in the Anderson Muncie ish area. Actually, Andy mm-hmm. moved, him and his wife moved to Nashville for a few years and then came back. Um, that was probably a good move. Fuck Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it was when they came back that I introduced Andy to my good friend, Nate, Nathan Brandt. Yep. Um, and they, uh, started Frankensteining presses together. Yeah, started <laughs> yeah. started a legendary bromance, which you know I became I became yeah. jealous of. But I was like, all right, Aww. from one bromance to the other, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but honestly, been... it, looking back, it was like, okay, this this is this is something real. This is like it feels like providential. It needed it. Yeah. It's just it was so good because they both together had just the right skills to just. Uh, I mean, I think they this I'm I'm now telling Cole's story on their behalf, and I'll probably yeah. butcher it, but. Um, I mean, they started out of necessity, like, Hey, we need a press. Like we just need to build a press. Cause right. they both wanted to, wanted to do like architectural ironwork and stuff. Uh-huh. And when they built a press and had so much fun with it, uh, they realized, you know, shit, we sh- should actually do this. Cause there's not really many mm-hmm. competitors here in the States. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they went to quad state and I think I was with them that I was at least at quad state. I don't know if I was like, I wasn't helping them run the booth, but I right. saw them, you know, bring a few, uh, presses super happy for them. And they sold out like that first day. Yeah. Wow. Oh crap. We need to start doing this. So, um, fast forward to now, uh, to 2019, you know, I, I, I had done Cedar lore for several years, at least a few years, you know, with some loving it, you know, with some ups and downs here and there, learning a lot, doing commissions and, uh, came to a place in my personal life where I, where I realized I want to take a break. I need to kind of take a breather from Cedar lore, not give up on it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely wanted to switch gears. So I stopped taking commissions and, uh, I came to the shop one day and Andy was like, bro, we would, we would love to have you here. Actually. We would love to utilize your skills in terms of, uh, marketing and branding social media, yeah. um, because it became a behemoth overnight for them. And I was like, yep. hell yeah, that actually sounds like such a breath of fresh, fresh air because I'll be honest with one of my biggest failings in, in being a, a bladesmith was, uh, not not acknowledging and realizing that I'm an extrovert and I love being around people and I love collaborating yeah. with people and yeah. working alone in a barn was just fucking suicide for so many years. And I just, no I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. I'm, wow. just, I'm done. I mean, there's a season and there's a time and certainly projects where you need to go into monk mode and oh, yeah. hone in but, <laughs> monk mode. That's monk mode. I like yeah. that. Monk yeah. mode. But I, I was in monk mode for way too long. So, okay. um, I'm, I'm done I, I find shit. I find monk mode to be rewarding and fulfilling oh, sure. and yeah. easy and easy. <laughs> I will say from the uh, community standpoint, we can see where the shift happened, where you started doing social media for Coal Ironworks. Oh, <laughs> when the videos started changing and they very much. Yeah. Not to say you uh, copied your own style because it's sure. your style, but you yeah. definitely mimicked what you were doing with Cedar Lore with the <laughs> nice, tranquil music and the flowy transitions. And <laughs> you, no, you're great Thanks. at social media, Appreciate man. It. Most people are terrible at it. You you tell a story within that one minute, whatever Instagram gives mm-hmm. you, you tell it in that one minute, the 30 seconds, the stories. Um yeah. I personally love you are a great person to follow because of that, because your your stuff is like little tiny mini movies and mm-hmm. the your work is actually compl- everything you put up is completely different. There's not really, well, can't you can't man, grab two you. pieces side by side and say, you know, this is the same thing he did last week. Whereas a lot yeah. of guys, myself mm-hmm. included. Yeah. 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 Um, um, man, so what I. I Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no <laughs> I receive that. I mean, and it means a lot coming from you guys as fellow craftsmen, you know, who, who, you yeah. know, uh, you get it both from a business Man. aspect and from, uh, don't from call Chris a craftsman. <laughs> yeah. So Boys what I hanging old heads on axes. Yeah. He calls I mean, come on, <laughs> it's a hack job. Um, so what I like and appreciate about your page, um, 
I'm going to be honest. This is like uh, the second or third time I've been on your page um, <laughs> because Chris has been telling me just stay away from this fucker like nah. for weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> total opposite. Uh, when, I, when I mentioned you, I said, "How do you not know who this guy is?" You can literally, so, your your style is down to just typing in like Viking knife. I mean, as generic as it sounds, sure, sure, you sure. type in Viking knife and a David knife comes up now. It's like, so I. I hate to say this, but Chris is exactly right. He's making my point for me. Whenever I get on your page, I know exactly what I'm in store for. Your your page is very well curated, and it's very consistent also. And a lot of people, and I hate to say this, but to Chris's point, they don't know how to use social media very effectively. And yeah. yours is very concise, and it's very, very clean also. Very clean. Um I'm not a fan of dwarves and druids and, um, <laughs> you know, Orcs I'll be honest, whatever. I'm kind of not either anymore. It's just that, that the, well, that does not come myself. through on your page. It looks like you, <laughs> David. Are, uh, just own it, dude. It's yeah, great. I know it's yeah, great yeah, yeah. work, dude. It, whatever, it, it regardless is. of what anybody says, your yeah. drawings, your artwork, your T-shirts, everything yeah, it, you got going on, it's so good. It all it all works. And my point yeah. is, I, is I'm not I'm not crazy about the style, but I can appreciate sure. how wonderfully. It's curated and also the craftsmanship that goes into all these uh, pieces that you're making from the little dagger things to the mm-hmm. freaking two-handed fucking swords and shit. I mean, they're just <laughs> yeah. awesome looking. Bronze axes. And, I mean, thanks. Like, yeah. Yeah, very beautiful stuff. Very, Everything very good. Is very nice. And you just it. recently, speaking of social media, like a couple months ago, you started doing – is toxic and as weird as tiktok is you started doing <laughs> oh, it's this. so fucking toxic yeah yeah it is but you started doing this thing that i thought was kind of cool and i wanted to genuinely ask you yeah. about it is this tiktok creators program that you're doing i'm assuming that's what's called yeah yeah so so thanks for asking about that to be clear that specific program i got invited to, to partake in is, is now over with um, oh was, okay yeah it it, it uh i TikTok, like dressing up like a fucking elf is another thing you, I, I thought you would have <laughs> never found me uh, caught dead in. Um, yeah. So that's. Wait, I, so I you were think. on TikTok as an elf? Were you shaking no. your head? No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said you'd never do it. Right. Was, it, was, it, was uh, there any, um, obviously there was exposure for it because it has millions and millions of users, yeah. but was there any, um, was there any benefit to it as far as maybe getting new customers or finding other craftsmen? So yeah. what were the good things that came out of so it? So I'll be – at this point, now that it's over with for me, I don't think there's any rules or – What was it, like they, a, just a month-long month contract thing they did with you or something? Uh, two months, yeah. So to, to be okay. clear, it, it, it was a two-month paying gig essentially. Okay. And, and I, I'll say that, like, I mean, I've gained respect from for TikTok as a company yeah. – um, in their efforts of doing this, regardless of, you know, politics. So what that means is they uh, paid Joe. <laughs> yeah. They paid me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I got on the app okay. to be clear. And they, they paid, they paid well. I mean, yeah. it was, it was really impressive to be honest. Um, cool. I think they, as a brand know, okay, shit, like our app is mostly like middle school kids. Yeah. Posting yeah, yeah. Shit that we're not even totally comfortable with. Right. right. So we, I think they are trying to up the, the demographic they're trying the to get professionalism. out of the yeah. Side yeah. Of things and get yeah them. and literally incentivize professionals like us to right. get on the app and post educational content so, so um, i was really and, surprised that they monetize after ten thousand subs i me too and actually so i think it for a while i think it was like you had to have, had to have uh a hundred thousand and then they brought yeah. it down to and yeah it's nuts anybody i mean any bladesmith listening i would encourage you or blacksmith whoever if you, you don't even have to be that good at editing or anything. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty simple in the app. I mean, right. the longest, the longest of uh, a TikTok can be is, you know, 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, and it's just about making it clever. And you, there's a, a bunch of different angles you can take it from. You can post funny, sarcastic shit. You can post yeah. serious shit. You can, you can be in front of the camera. You could never show your face. Now, you know, in, um, with the creator fund, which I think you can apply, you know, they, they, uh, they, they they reached out you. to me because yeah. they found the uh, the the video of me and my buddies making a sword for Post Malone, so that's yeah. what I think incentivized them to reach out to, to me. Get, get into, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so because I was a part of that program, they they certainly had some like um sure some what do you call it just specific standards you need to guidelines requirements yeah guidelines yeah. to to work within such as like you can't use whatever music you want 
Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be careful. You got it's got to be educational. Gotcha. Um, but it was like 40 posts minimum in two months. Yeah. And uh, if you you know hit certain goals, you get bonuses, which I got, and it was fun, you know. And and so like, are you t- done with it? I am. Yeah. And now that it's over, I'm not. I I forget TikTok exists, and I haven't posted in weeks. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, but so you know, what's how cool many is- followers do you have on TikTok right now? When I was posting daily for the program, I mean, I got up to, uh, I got over 200,000 within a Jeez. month and a half. Yeah, which blew me away. There's a great dude, um, great guy uh, that I like, technically met on TikTok. He's down in um, uh, New Mexico uh, named Austin Hensley. He owns a Coal Ironworks Press. Okay. Um, and he, uh, he, he was listening to Gary V a ton and Gary V yeah. guys are familiar with him. Yep. It's constantly like, you know, you, this Boston guy like Gary V, you wouldn't expect him to be advocating TikTok either, but he's right. like, get on fucking TikTok and post. Yeah. And he's right because, um, as bizarre as it sounds, uh, people don't understand that social media platforms, it's like real estate. It's like, yeah. look, if there's a booming, if there's a booming market, yeah. you, you either sleep on it and you miss the opportunity or you buy that real estate cheap. And once you have it and you utilize that that leverage, right, you mm-hmm. got a massive following. So get on it because TikTok is in that weird, bizarre golden era that Instagram and Facebook used to be in. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> and so Austin, he wasn't a part of the of that program that I was. Um, but he he joined like three or four weeks before me, and he posts like you know two or three goofy, fun, entertaining videos a day, along with his really beautiful blades. And he's got over six hundred thousand. And um, oh my he, god. And, and, and what shocks me about TikTok is how easy it is to monetize. I mean, you're not going to be rolling in cash, but um, yeah. I mean, if you post consistently yeah. and your videos are half decent, I, I've seen people make, you know, yeah, a few hundred bucks off TikTok um, just by TikTok paying you yeah. Uh, yeah. Through, through PayPal once you are. And, and to be clear, there's so there's the TikTok creator fund, which yeah. I was a part of, which was a two month gig. Um, and then there's the creator fund that's like built into the app. And that's right. So I'm still a part of that. Yeah. And it's, from what I can tell, that never ends as long as you keep posting. Right. And it's just way more easy to monetize than like YouTube or anything. I mean, YouTube, yeah. people still make money, but it's, it's not as easy anymore. Right. Um, you, really know, gotta, you really got to work at it. Yeah. <laughs> you really. I mean, people yeah. think that you can just turn on a channel and like start making sure. money. No, it's like. Now, granted, right. I, I, I just I, will add the preface. Anybody listening who, if their sole purpose is wanting to sell blades, TikTok is would probably be right. That's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> yes, that's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> because yeah, like okay. the, the demographic is still young, so I'm not. Yeah, I think I've made. I yeah. sold one blade recently off TikTok, but for me, because I want to get, I want to honestly push cedar lore into more of an educational focus. I want to teach more classes. Yeah, and, I, and I, I do my Patreon page. The TikTok does help me, you know, yeah. uh, reach young, a younger audience and educate people. So Tick, TikTok's just paying you for content, and like that's where it like starts and stops. Like that's it. Yeah. So right. here's here. My friend that I used to work with whenever I moved back here, he was the one that got me started on Instagram. And he was like, so this is six years ago now, five and Mm -hmm. a half years ago. And he was saying, I got to space out my my Instagram posts because, you know, I don't want to drop too many posts at one time. And because I've Mm -hmm. got I've got 300 followers. I don't want to like inundate them. And I was like, okay, whatever. Cool. I didn't know what the fuck Instagram was. And then. Mm I started Vintage Axe Works, and then he he got up to a couple thousand followers on Instagram, and he's like, you know what? Fuck Instagram. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not selling anything. I'm not creating anything. I'm going to go over to TikTok. And he puts out – this is this – I work – I'm friends with this guy. He's just a fucking idiot. He's a he, he, he's just, <laughs> just one of my dipshit friends, and yeah. he puts out the stupidest fucking videos ever. Here, here's the concept of his videos. And they do really well. He runs yeah. down, like, steps. Yeah. And he has this thing in the background or like, you know, the music app or something, the siren yeah. going. Rrr! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he puts some like ghost figure like he's running away or running. Oh, toward. my God. This I'm, without I just looked at his page. This motherfucker has one point one million followers oh on TikTok. My and so Crazy. six months ago, he sends me a screenshot and he was like. I don't know, 700,000 or something. And he yeah. showed me like the real money that he yeah. fucking makes off of these yeah. stupid videos. Wow. Yeah. And it's crazy. It, it's crazy how mm-hmm. quickly you can, you know, you get views and you get followers for like 
a small amount of effort. I've put like yeah. a, nearly next to nothing in. Yes, we know I've, it shows every day. Yeah. Oh, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> fucking asshole! I'm talking about so, TikTok, bitch. Yeah. Speaking of uh, teaching, you have taught at like a couple well-known schools already, right? Yeah, man. That yeah. Thanks for asking about that. That's something I really love doing and I'm really proud of. And um, obviously, with the shittiness of bizarreness of 2020, right. I had some big plans you know, here with, with my buddies at Coal Ironworks with Andy and Nate, you yeah. know, we were planning on like making a part of coal, like a, a, a teaching uh, endeavor. Okay. Yeah. That and, would be um, awesome. But, uh, so, you know, we, I, I did some classes, uh, but not as many certain none, well, a couple here for friends and family and stuff, but, yeah. um, the, the places I've taught at, uh, mainly were, uh, have been uh, the clearing folk school in Door County, Wisconsin, which is like an old historic, so it's mainly very old, rich white people, but oh, okay. <laughs> it's a super beautiful part of Wisconsin. It's actually kind gotcha. of it's the peninsula of Wisconsin where I, I kind of spent my summers growing up at my my uh, grandparents' place. Um, uh, but then more recently, which I will continue teaching at, is Mark Adams School of Woodworking down in Franklin, Indiana. Mm. And my God, that place is amazing. Is that that like real beautiful shop you had? posting your stories surrounded by forests or something actually like, no that's that that is the that's clearing the one in indoor of, county yeah 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 uh, okay okay yeah that place the clearing is there, there's nothing pretty in indiana i mean let's be real <laughs> yeah we get some nice sunsets every once in a while <laughs> like over uh, a cornfield yeah yeah but uh but uh, not much more than that um yeah that place was in uh uh door county wisconsin the clearing yeah. but uh no mark adams is a great school and uh mark the founder is an amazing guy. I mean, he started, I think he was like an EMT specialist for years, loved woodworking. And uh-huh. like back in like the early nineties was just like, screw it. I'm going to turn my barn into a school. And it blew up. That's he's awesome. Now, he's now got like 40 plus employees and he's had like world famous. I mean, most of the people who come are extremely high caliber woodworkers. Um, and actually shout out to, um, you guys probably know Matt Parkinson. Do you know the Matt? sword guy? Yeah. The sword guy. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. You, did you not not know him personally though? No, I don't know, know him personally okay. at okay. all. Okay. No. Great dude. Uh, definitely should uh, get you in touch with him if you ever uh, want okay. to chat with him. But um, Matt, he's a part of Dragon's Breath Forge. You know, yep. with like Mareko and those guys. Um, mm-hmm. Matt, I've heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Matt uh, was the one who got me in touch with Mark Adams because Matt was the first bladesmith they ever reached out to. I think they they found him through you know his win on Forged and Fire. He yeah. won episode one of Forged and Fire. Yep. And um, so he taught some some. Uh, uh, chef knife classes there, but he is, gosh, um, I'm a shitty friend of Matt. I, I forget where he lives. He lives many States away. Um, and he was like, well, dude, you guys need to talk with David. He's, you know, only like an hour or two. I think he's in Connecticut, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, no, no, he's in one of the, one of the, one of the P States. That starts with Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> one of the P States. Philadelphia or Pennsylvania. Or okay. Like he's, he's in a, he's in a shit. You know, Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. It's not oh a yeah. Sure, sure. I'm showing my ignorance. That's fine. That's okay. American does it on a daily basis. Yeah, I do it all the time. There you go. There you go. Nobody's anyway, uh, hey, the standard is really low on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a low. We're in good company. Yeah. Don't worry. You seem like a genius to everybody out there right now. So yeah, that's all that matters. As long as I look like I know what I'm doing on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? So um, at the classes, do you teach uh, how to make your style blades? Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ranting about, about all my friends that I love. I should probably yeah. talk about my work. No problem um, at all. Yeah. So Mark's teaching there at that school was, was such and, and will continue to be such an awesome experience because uh, they've got a great facility. They're trying to build more of a metalworking facility for, for guys like Matt and I to come. And uh, yeah, they, they just invited me to teach, uh, well, really whatever I wanted. I decided to, uh, what did I call my class? Um, forging your own mythopoetic knife. So, you awesome. know, we took some. Sign me up. Okay. <laughs> you know, like taking. So I, 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 I wouldn't I kind even of... know what that was if I was reading it in a brochure. <laughs> Very cool. Go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just kind of showed people how to forge their own, you know, functional kind of bushcrafty knife, but also showed them how to put their own like artistic flair on it. Yeah. You know, whether it's like engravings or carvings and and what was it teaching at a school like that it feels like cheating. It feels like criminally easy because the students, I mean, are, are skilled enough to where they should be teaching classes. So these are, people, wow. you know, most of them are so successful they've been, you know, coming back to the school for years and years and years. Um, 
you know, a lot of them are smart asses. There, there was one guy in my class. He was a riot. He, uh, mid eighties, he's like literally a world renowned, um, surgeon. Um, and, uh, oh my God, what was his name? Um, Maurice. Anyway, just, Let's just a riot. Yeah. He, he was just like, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And I don't like that. I don't want to do that. And, but, but, you know, all in good, good spirits and just uh, okay. really talented people, you know, they're, they're safe that you're not like mm-hmm. talking classes, classes before where people With have never swung a hammer heads. and you're just yeah. like terrified they're going to kill mm-hmm. themselves or right. somebody around them. Um, so, so just a great school. I would definitely encourage everybody to, to check it out. And uh, so this year I've got three different classes, um, and I'm blanking on the, on the, uh, exact dates um but where well, no, can we find where can they find the information if you go to, if you go to markadams.com and that's mark with just a c no k um and you search my name in the search yeah. bar you'll find all my classes uh, i know the first two classes i'm teaching are in the beginning of may so i'll be teaching a week-long forging your own uh mythopoetic bronze sword class which i'm wow. really stoked about yeah. um, because i've recently fallen in love with forging aluminum bronze it's so uh-huh. weird Bizarre, yeah thing yeah and, and then uh the follow the, the immediately after the weekend will be a um forging your own bronze knife um and then i'll be coming back in september and teaching uh just a, a steel you know typical bushcraft forge your own mythic mm-hmm. knife class so how um, many students per class are we talking here that was one thing that kind of overwhelmed me because they like big classes there i'm i personally prefer like six students max i like it because if it gets more than that i feel kind of like split mm-hmm. in and i'm not giving oh, yeah. enough attention right uh I, I think they they piled on like 12 or 13 students on matt and he was pretty wow. overwhelmed one year um, so i think my classes are going to stay around five or six okay and I, I actually don't know if they're sold out yet um they don't they don't update me on the amount of students who have signed here's up, your plug so. here's your plug yeah yeah we'd love to have you if you're listening and you want to forge a fucking bronze sword or some <laughs> mythopoetic knife that sounds awesome that, it really does i mean who else is doing that there's one thing yeah. you have going for you i mean there's nobody <laughs> teaching that kind of, honestly there's nobody teaching that kind of stuff and yeah. um another thing i wanted to ask you about was how is cedar lore forge right now as a as a business are you rocking and rolling i know you kind of transition yeah. and you're working more or less full-time at coal ironworks but yeah that you, was something that, yeah i appreciate i appreciate that, that question because i was alluding it to it earlier i i 2019, I was like, you know what, personalized stuff to yeah. focus on myself and right. loving my son well and just kind of rebooting, rebuilding. I uh, didn't stop doing Cedar Lore. Uh, the, the really huge blessing was my Patreon page. Um, so I continued creating educational content, creating, you know, blades on the side for for my patrons that stopped yep. selling for a while Yep. and and worked full time here at Cole for a full year. And I've just absolutely loved it. I mean, we're like a family here. We're basically yeah. a bunch of, you know millennial kids mm-hmm. yeah. giant yeah. machines for people around the world you guys and, are you know, rocking too yeah. yeah and i get the fun job of being the guy who gets to either be in the shop testing out the machines making yeah. you know uh, yeah. advertising content or you know work i'm literally i'm work, looking at the uh, the website that i'm rebuilding right now okay. and i run the you know the instagram and stuff mm-hmm. um, like but, i got it oh sorry go ahead no you're fine I, I, was just, I was just gonna say january 1st i realized hey i i you know i told Andy and Nate, I think I can offer great value, if not better value to the company, um, working just a couple days a week so I can get yeah. back to focusing on Cedar lore. And I love it. I think I'm, you know, um, cause I, I view coal just as much as, as if it's my own business too, mm-hmm. in a sense, um, even though it's, it's Andy and Nate's baby, not mine. Yeah. Um, but we've just become such a family here and I believe in the product and stand by it that, uh, I don't want to bail on them. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm back to doing Cedar lore more or less full time. You know, Very cool. the, the first couple of days of my week are always focusing on, on coal marketing. And so if you, you know, yeah, I'm the guy running the Facebook and the Instagram, and the YouTube. Yeah. So if, you sh- well, if, you sh- if you're a coal buyer uh, of, a, of a press or you, you are troubleshooting an issue, likely it's me responding to you. So. So this is this is interesting um, because because of this podcast, I'm I look at other people, you know, stuff that I'm that I would not normally look at. Mm-hmm. And I see your all's products coming up more and more and more and like these yeah. awesome guys like tommy from crooked river he just got one yeah um, i can't i can't rattle off names of people that have them but i've noticed your all's presses in a lot of really cool dudes shops now so congrats sure. on that um and yeah. also like another thing that's missing on social media is like you know companies taking 
stuff from individual makers and reposting it and pushing that like hey look at look at what you know fill in the blank yeah. is doing awesome with our machines so like you guys are on it thank Seriously. you uh, i really appreciate cool. that well i'll be honest that was kind of like that strategy or marketing branding mm-hmm. approach was kind of one that i almost like unintentionally stumbled upon because as just my personality i love collaborating with people like uh-huh. i you know um I hate my, collaborating my, with people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fine. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's different. <laughs> I I do my best work when I'm brainstorming or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if it's just my work, there is that even I'm proud of my work. Like I stand yeah. by it. Yeah. But, you know, there's I feel like for anybody who, you know, has any sense of humility at a certain point, you don't want to feel like you're constantly bragging. But when if when it's collaborative work, it's like, hey, look at what, what me and my friends did. Yeah. And that's, so that's understandable. I feel that way when I'm, you know, I make a fucking sword for Post Malone with a bunch of my buddies, but I brought that mindset to Cole and suddenly started to, you know, when I started reposting people's stuff, cause, cause I would know, oh, that guy forged that on a Cole press. Well, I'm going to share it and give him a shout mm-hmm. out and be like, yeah, using us. And, and once people started seeing, oh, Cole reposts, um, yeah. which it was always me behind doing that, right? more people would tag us and it would yeah. be this, so it's become this kind of a beautiful, um, perpetual motion machine of, of, you know, right. people constantly tagging us, us loving it, sharing the product. And well, uh, it makes we talked to, easy. we talked to, what the hell is that noise? We talked about this early <laughs> on about sponsorship and stuff. Um, like it's kind of difficult and not very fun to follow industrial type companies yeah. that just make machines or make, uh, consumable stuff, but whenever they embrace the maker movement or whatever, and they start reposting stuff, that's why people want to follow companies like yours. It's yeah. not to see the machines being built. It's to see what other people are doing with that equipment or that those supplies or whatever. That's the cool yeah. part. So like, again, you guys are nailing it and, um, it's very, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I Take appreciate it. Tell Nate and Andy too. I mean, obviously, you, you can't speak on their behalf, but yeah. So Absolutely. you got you all mentioned Post Malone two fucking times. Let's end this yeah. conversation on how yeah, we got the a couple fuck minutes left here. Yeah, how'd you get? Yeah, I want to keep that. I want to keep that. I'll make that story brief because I've got an actually a really important. This is something I didn't warn you guys about, but I, I think it'll be cool because I've got an important and humble request for your audience. Anybody who knows Andy and has interacted with him. And anybody who's, who's familiar with his situation or follows him online yep. might know what he's going through. So I'll talk about that after. But the Post Malone story. Um, yeah. When I it was like right when I but no, it was it was it was right before I decided to um, collaborate with my friends here at Cole and, and, and work for them. I actually don't know how they found us. It was kind of similar to the whole uh, Thor sword situation. But uh, they found mm-hmm. my Instagram and, and they being the, the uh, Miami Heat Stadium in Miami, Florida. Okay. Uh, and they were post was playing a sold out concert at, at, at their venue at their arena in October of, of, uh, 19. And they were like, Hey, we want to give this dude a, a, a thank you gift for him playing the show. He's a big dork. He's got a giant yeah. sword. Well, sword on the side of his face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they asked for a sword. I saw that he had a, a, a face tattoo of a sword. And I'm like, yeah. shit, it, it actually is a pretty cool sword design. It, it kind of right. looks historical. Why not just make that? So they were like, hell yeah. They pre- they paid us decent, but, uh, and I say us because it wasn't just me. They they also needed it in a quick turnover that I couldn't yeah. get it done by. So mm-hmm. I uh, employed the work of my buddy, uh, Colin Miller, uh, who everybody should go check out on Instagram, yep. Colin Miller, Bladesmith, uh, Luke Shearer, my buddy, John Page, an amazing blacksmith woodworker, also on Instagram. I- I and think then I buddy, know Colin Miller. I think I met him at Blade Show. Does he have like long flowing hair? You can't miss him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Red hair. Yeah. Motherfucker. Everybody he's, knows he's, that guy. <laughs> he's one of the. He's a kid, you know, yeah. but he's also yeah. like he's got this flowing, luscious golden hair. But he's also like <laughs> yeah, he looks this, like a fucking like Legolas or something. <laughs> yeah, but he's also this like he's also this uh, mini jacked Hulk. So chicks just like throw yeah. themselves at him at Blade oh, show. And geez. he doesn't All know what to do with it. All he has to do is just shake his shake fucking yeah, shake yeah. Yeah. And then like man. ladies line up. Yeah. He's got, he's got, I'm going to embarrass him publicly. I don't give a damn. He's got some <laughs> hilarious stories of being uh, at Blade or eight, some, some Blade show in Vegas and chicks just blatantly hitting on him and him oh, yeah. not knowing like, wait, what's yeah. happening right now? And then, <laughs> and then, the, then, oh, you know, man. 
them realizing that he's you know like basically 10 years younger than than him right. and getting, yeah anyway he anyway looks like a love kid. you Colin. wow he's a good man but yeah they real talk they came and helped me get it done and of course because it, it suddenly became i mean they paid us decent but it became like this fun oh let's see how crazy we can make this so the sword mm-hmm. we made them probably was worth twice what they paid us, but yeah, you know, well, it was for yeah. Post Malone, and we wanted to have right. fun with it. You know, they didn't even ask for it to be pattern welded, but but uh, you know, John and Colin were like, "Fuck that, it's gotta be yeah. pattern welded." So yeah, we made a cool sword, and the only thing that pissed us off was, you know, we of course asked them, "Hey, at least get a, a photo of Post holding it." Right. Nothing. They nothing. Didn't, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. they, they posted a photo on their Instagram feed and, and gave us a shout out and tag, so that was nice, right but. On. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we documented the process and posted right. a video on YouTube. So anybody who wants to see the the step-by-step making, just um, Google or YouTube search my name or Cedar Lore Forge and you'll find yeah. it. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. But yeah, if I can be so bold to kind of share an update on Andy, because he's a big Absolutely. part of my story. Yeah. I and was going to say something about that anyway, but go ahead. Yeah. It's kind of a, a heavy, somber tonal change, obviously. Yes. But, um, no problem at all. Anybody who follows Cole and Andy specifically probably knows that he's been for the past few years fighting uh, a pretty gnarly ongoing battle with brain cancer. And he's, uh, I mean, to be honest, um, and I'll be honest as his friend, I'm still kind of struggling with it. <laughs> Understand yeah. something probably yeah. flat out denial. If I'm being really even more, absolutely. Yeah. So the emotions haven't, haven't set in, but, um, yeah, he's, he's probably on the tail end of, of fighting with it. He's a, he's a husband, he's a father, three amazing kids. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is public knowledge. He's, he, while he's stoic in person, he's very transparent and open. And yeah. He just posted about it the other day, actually. So. Yeah. Yeah. Shockingly positive, uh, you know, as a man of, of faith and optimism and hope, um, you know, he, I think he and his wife have, have faced it head on. Right. And have probably, um, dealt with a lot of the emotions, a lot more aggressively than anybody surrounding them. But the reason yeah. I am specifically bringing this up, and this is where anybody who knows Andy or is familiar with him and can help me out in this regard, um, I'm, I'm uh, keep it somewhat private. And, and, and this, I, I, I wanted to share this on a verbal platform via this podcast uh, because no I, I, I don't want to share this request uh, uh, online because we don't want Andy to see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want Andy to catch wind of it. I got you. And he uh, probably doesn't listen to the show. This either. Is yeah, perfect. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a little bit busy right now. He's a little yeah, bit busy. I don't think he's sitting there listening to podcasts. As, yeah. no, with, no That's not the guys. only reason. <laughs> um, but the the request that I'm alluding to is to anybody listening to this. I don't care if you've met Andy or not. Even if he's impacted you. Uh, even even if you've sent. Cole one email and you got a response back from him or you met him for five seconds at blade. Even if you've never met him at all, anything, if he's had any kind of an impact on you, or if you just want to send your well wishes, his wife has asked me to work on a kind of a mini documentary of sorts celebrating right. his life. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course, you know, as quicker, you know, as quickly as possible, I said, yes. Yeah. Um, it's also a pretty gnarly, difficult project for me to work on. Um, but what it's going to look like or what I'm trying to make it look like is um, I'm trying to compile together uh, footage, of course, of like his and my life growing up, photos yeah. of us getting up into mischief mm-hmm. and trouble and you yeah. know, building our business, you know, uh, videos and glimpses and shots telling the story of how him and, him and Nate started Coal Iron. Absolutely. And, and then for whoever can do it, uh, we are asking, you know, there's different levels and tiers. For the people that, of course, know him and love him, I'm asking people to, hey, record a quick, anywhere from like 15 to 30 second long selfie video of yourself talking in the camera saying, Andy, I love you. Mm-hmm. And then be, you know, if you have any funny stories, you know, of course, this is going to have a tone of heaviness and, and, and yeah. whatnot to it. But, you know, we honestly, I want to I want to aggressively cut this together to be a giant middle finger to cancer <laughs> and, yeah. right. and, and despair. Right. And we want it to be a we want it to be a celebration of life, um, and we want it to even have some humor and give Andy some shit in it, you know, because that's one of his love languages. He loves when people, uh, you know, uh, crack at him. So yeah, so we want to tell funny stories. We want it to to have some some fun to it. Um, Mm -hmm. So David, you want these videos sent to you? Yes, yes. So on your Instagram, I'm assuming. So that that would work great. Um, Okay. You if uh, you can also email me uh, at cedarloreforge at gmail dot com. 
so so a video would be great but even you know if you if you don't feel comfortable doing a video if you don't feel like you ain't know andy well enough to do that yeah just even just a quote uh anything Mm -hmm. anything uh would be amazing to to put into this uh just to to bless andy uh, and Absolutely. again, he doesn't know, so don't go tagging him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really, really hope someone includes some firecrackers because, like, yeah. you all. Firecrackers <laughs> blowing shit up. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's like a theme here. You got exactly. someone throw in some fucking firecrackers. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Andy's been through exactly. it. David, he's got a great friend in you, man. That's an awesome thing you're going to do, honestly. Yeah. It's really cool. So, sure. uh, you guys go over to Instagram. Again, follow Cedar Lore, David Delagardell. Right? Yep, that's it. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for being inspiring. I know you're you're inspiring to me, and I don't even make knives or blades, but you're one of my favorite Likewise. artists. <laughs> Likewise. And I know a lot of guys look up to your work for being such a young guy. You you are absolutely killing it, man. Great, Appreciate great it. stuff. Keep up the awesome work. You're doing very, very good things. If you guys want to go sign up for any of the classes that David's teaching, again, it was Mark with a C Adams.com. Mm-hmm. And head over there, search David's name, go on David's Instagram. He's got a link tree there. He's on YouTube. He's got a Patreon. Go support mm-hmm. everything this man is doing. He's yes. a great, great artist. And um, I think people 50, 60 years from now are going to be looking back at your work like, holy crap. Good stuff. <laughs> thank man. you, guys. Seriously. I yeah, really appreciate absolutely. It. No, thank you very much for coming Thank you on for being show. on here. And uh, yeah, everybody go follow David. Um, I think that's it. I think that's, that's it. it. Thank yeah. you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely. For myself, Chris of Mount Phil Metalworks and Roy Scott from Vintage Axe Works, that is a wrap on the Axe and Iron Podcast. <laughs>